the story of writing, astronomy, and law. The story of civilization itself begins in one place. Not Egypt, not Greece, not Rome, but Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia is an exceedingly fertile plain situated between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers. For five millennia, this small strip of land situated in what is today Iraq, Kuwait, and Syria fostered innovations that would change the world forever. Inhabited for nearly 12,000 years, Mesopotamia's stable climate, rich soil, and steady supply of fresh water made it ideal for agriculture to develop and thrive. About 6,000 years ago, seemingly overnight, some of these agricultural settlements blossomed into some of the world's first cities. In the period between 4,000 and 3,100 BC, Mesopotamia was dotted with a constellation of competing city-states. At one point, they were unified under the Akkadian Empire and then broke apart, forming the empires of Assyria and Babylon. Despite near-constant warfare, innovation and development thrived in ancient Mesopotamia. They built on a monumental scale, from palaces to ziggurats. Mammoth temples served as ritual locations to commune with the gods. They also developed advanced mathematics, including a base 60 system that created a 60-second minute, a 60-minute hour, and a 360-degree circular angle. The Babylonians used their sophisticated system of mathematics to map and study the sky. They divided one Earth year into 12 periods. Each was named after the most prominent constellations in the heavens, a tradition later adopted by the Greeks to create the zodiac. They also divided the week into seven days, naming each after their seven gods embodied by the seven observable planets in the sky. But perhaps the most impactful innovation to come out of Mesopotamia is literacy. What began as simple pictures scrawled onto wet clay to keep track of goods and wealth developed into a sophisticated writing system by the year 3200 BC. This writing system would come to be called cuneiform in modern times and proved so flexible that over the span of 3000 years, it would be adapted for over a dozen different major languages and countless uses, including recording the law of the Babylonian king Hammurabi, which formed the basis of a standardized justice system. But Mesopotamia's success became its undoing. Babylon, in particular, proved too rich a state to resist outside envy. In 539 BC, the Persian king Cyrus conquered Babylon and sealed his control over the entirety of Mesopotamia. For centuries, this area became a territory of foreign empires. Eventually, Mesopotamia would fade, like its kings, into the mist of history, and its cities would sink beneath the sands of Iraq. But its ideas would prevail in literacy, law, math, astronomy, and the gift of civilization itself.
Welcome to The Machine, everybody. I am your host, Mario, along with my co-hosts, Jeffro and Lee. Journey with us into conspiracy theories and the unexplained. Hello and welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Mario, along with my co-host, Jeffro. Jeffro, how you doing? Good. How are you guys doing out there? Jeffro, you don't sound like you're here, buddy. I mean, you're no, here, but you're no. not here. I'm, I'm there in spirit. Right. Well, Lee's still in my shed, so we're going to keep him there. He's in a bit of a cocoon. I don't know how that happened, uh, but he's in some sort of cocoon now. We're going to get back to uh, finding out what's going on with Leaford here and hopefully uh, next coming weeks or so. I hope it's not can... a cocoon of cotton candy. It's a cocoon of something. If you know Lee, it's a cocoon of something. So what it is, we'll find out later. Um, yeah, those space alien clowns are scary. <laughs> you know, he's a huge fan of the alien series too. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was impregnated by an alien and he's got an egg inside. Hey, either way, either way. <laughs> so what we're talking about in this episode is ancient Mesopotamia times and the ancient writings of the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki paying off. Finally paying off. Finally, we've been talking about a, what the past four or five episodes telling everybody we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. And something always comes up, something we feel we need to touch base on while it's still fresh and new and God willing, something else doesn't happen. (laughs) Who knows? It's 2021, right? Right. Well, a good thing is the Anunnaki aren't going anywhere. I mean, they've been around for a long time, so we can get to them sooner or later. <laughs> well, sooner or later, they'll get to us too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Right. So I just want to start, I, I want to start with ancient Mesopotamia because a lot of people are unaware of the ancient Mesopotamia times, which when we start talking about ancient Mesopotamia times, we're talking about the first, uh, the first, world everything like the first beings as far as history goes because we're finding out so much more and this is stuff that's still not taught in a a classroom or anything like that you can't find text you know if it is it's only mentioned very very little about ancient mesopotamia i think it mentions them building the wheel or whatever and that's about it uh outside of that it, it doesn't go into everything else and uh, during that time, there was language, there was different writings. We're talking about intelligence, like a, uh, a staggering intelligence. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's the first known organized civilization, right? Prior to this, as far as we know, and, and, and what the fossil record or written history is, we were hunter-gatherers. And uh, tell me everybody if you've heard this there was a young archaeologist by the name of austin henry laird Uh, but in in mesopotamia uh, he discovered the city nineveh which is in uh, what is known as uh, now iraq so when we talk about mesopotamia we're talking about iraq current day iraq current day turkey uh syria that area uh middle east right upper middle east yeah yeah, um, 
and he, he discovered 22,000 clay tablets. Okay. And, and on these clay tablets, there was a type of writing called cuneiform, uh, which is the earliest known writing in human history, uh, so going it's, back it's, over 6,000 years ago. It's the oldest writing that we have. Uh, we're, we're talking about ancient Mayans, ancient Egyptians, ancient any type of writing. This is the oldest. I mean, you want to get to the oldest, the original writing. It's like opening up a book for the first time, the only book. And I'm not, I don't mean to make uh, an analogy there, but a lot of people, you know, they talk about the origins of man and the origins of everything. Well, this is where you start. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a age old question, isn't it? You know, um, where do we come from and, you know, what does it all mean? And, and when you ask that question, the most obvious answer would be Occam's using Occam's razor, go back to the earliest writing. And this right here would be the earliest writing. So um, at the very least, it would be the place I would think that she would start. Would it not? Well, I think uh, I definitely would agree with you there, but I think one of the things that holds people back a lot is when you talk to different people teach different things in say like a, like a high school or middle school or, you know, grade school or whatever, when they're, when our children are learning, learning about the origins of life and everything more often than not, we hear about Darwinism and evolution and things like that, but we don't hear about, you know, the ancient tablets the ancient Mesopotamian tablets. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing on the flip side of the coin when you're talking to somebody who is deeply involved in with their, uh, their religion. And we talked about this with, uh, with the last episode or whatever, with a dogma of religion, when people get deeply involved in it, they tend to ignore the, the facts of the earliest writings because they feel that their religion evolves from the earliest writing, which may not be entirely wrong. No. And, and I do want to touch base quickly. Uh, I listened to the podcast on my own here after, uh, after you edited it. And uh, I'm not always per- pervy to some of the audio clips that you, you know, the good audio clips you find. <laughs> I did want to bring to everybody's attention and I, your attention as well. If everybody remembers, uh, there was a, a clip that you inserted that talked about Kazakhstan uh, engineer and Kazakhstan mathematician that uh, did the research on the DNA. Right. And there was something that was repeated. It's, it's interesting. The number of times the, um, there was repetition, nine repetitions of an inserted code nine. into the DNA. Yeah. Yes. Nine. Thank you. That's, that's what yes. I wanted to bring to everybody's attention just in case, you know, yeah, so, and, so they, some of these numbers are going to play a part here in these upcoming uh, episodes of the Anunnaki. Well, I mean, we we could do an ep- we could do an episode on sacred numerology, but let's just you know, as these no, episodes I, unfold, yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up. We just we just keep you know pounding away at sacred numerology instead of doing an episode on it. It's uh, no, you know, right, right. If you listen to if you listen to the podcast, you're listening to the episodes. You're going to hear these numbers, uh, three, six, nine. These numbers 12, have 21, 12, 21, 42. Yeah. They have significance, like deep, deep significance in life itself. 
embedded uh, significance like like an encoded biological code right so that's that's what we're talking about here um but the i also want to stress to everybody that when we share these clips uh the clips that we're sharing from you know like ancient aliens or, or things like that when we talk about these things they're the clips that we share and the people who have these clips they our outlooks on these topics, our, our discussions don't necessarily follow those who to make these clips. So we're, we're thinking on our own. We're thinking not so much outside of the box, but within that box, but the realm of possibilities surrounding it. So that's what we're doing. That's what this, this podcast really does. It doesn't ignore these things, but at the same time, it's a what if. So we talk about uh, theories, right? Right. Conspiracy theories. And we get into some of the spiritual things. And that's what we're talking about here, spiritual things. But I think there's a lot of conspiracy as well, because it's hidden so, so deeply. Uh, the, the information from the ancient Mesopotamians and the Anunnaki is all hidden so deeply. Because if I hadn't stumbled across, um, I don't know if it was an ancient alien episode or if it was something else and, and thought, well, that's interesting and dug a little further. I would never know about a lot of these things, but I'm happy I did because again, you and I are both a, that person where we always ask, you know, why we, you know, where did, where do we come from? Jesus. And that's what we were taught. Not, not saying it's bad. Right. No. Right. Not saying, and I made it sound bad. That was horrible to me. This is bad Mario, but uh, it's not bad. And I don't want to down talk anybody's religion, but it's just when you're told to believe something out the box without giving the, the, the possibility to ask it or question why it's just, you know, when we were taught these things as kids, it was, you know, you and I would ask why and it was, how dare you? Right. I, I often uh, say that I feel like I'm a naturally born contrarian. Um, if you tell me to go left, I'm going to go right unless you can give me a real legitimate answer. And I, I think that lends myself to, to be somebody who thirsts for knowledge. So like you're saying, you come across these different formats, these different shows, these different periodicals or podcasts or, or TV programs, and they raise questions and, and bring new information to light. And you're like, oh, I got to look into this um, quickly to go ahead and uh, – give some more information on on ancient mesopotamia there uh there in in the iraq area and the sumerians um whenever we talk about it being the first civilization or known civilization civilization they weren't just just writing okay there, there's a lot of things that i found out that had no idea that actually started and attributed to these the civilization and it's important to bring these up because it shows how how organized it was out of absolutely nothing other than hunters and gatherers. Uh, there they had the first schools. The Sumerians had the first schools. They had the first historians, which interesting what those historians knew if this is the earliest history that we're aware of. Uh, they had the first methods of writings, they had the first libraries, doctors, pharmacology, they had a farmer's almanac. They had some the first of these, agriculture. Some of these tablets they found, Jeffro, 
their contracts. Their, their contracts, right? Their contracts among the civilization. We're talking, what is this? Uh, was like three to five thousand BC. I believe it's yes. three thousand BC, if I'm not mistaken. Some of them, they they wrote down a lot of stuff, you know, just like uh, the Egyptians did. They they were when, like I said, twenty two thousand clay tablets, and those are just the ones that you know were existed. And and over after Nineveh was uh, discovered, they they had found multiple cities all over Babylon that had these kind of form uh, clay tablets just writing on there. Um, so sorry, Darwin. The, this didn't happen yeah. from a monkey. Well, and again, if you remember the last episode, Darwin is actually grossly misquoted. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, they had the first bicarmel, which I believe means two-partied legislator, legislature. They had taxes and tax codes. Uh, thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, they had they, they had the first astronom- astronomical and astrological systems, first maps and cartography. They had the first mathematicians. They even have found the oldest uh, beer recipe found in these clay tablets. They had a legal code, which included protection for divorced women, price control on food and wagons, rentals. Um, and some of the inventions that are attributed to them, as you said, was the wheel, uh, the sail, the plow, the chariot, and the standard well, measures of time. I, I only mentioned the wheel because that is the, I mean, in our education system, that's the only thing you hear from Mesopotamia is, you know, where did the wheel come? Well, it come from an ancient civilization in Mesopotamia. It's right. Done. Oh, I thought know? it was caveman. There's so Event much help. Yeah. A little. <laughs> so much more to learn about, about the civilization. And the only thing you can pull out of this is, yeah, they made the wheel. They made the wheel. Yeah. No. Well, and I, I, I do want to touch base here on the standard measures of time. They're the ones that create the 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, and the 12 and 24 hour clocks. And they also had a 360 day calendar. Fascinating. So, and this is, I'm going to say it again. This is about 3000 BC. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it, it was, I think it was like 5,000 BC. Was it 5,000? Yeah. For, it was about, um, what I'm saying is they're saying roughly between four and 2000 BCE, which is uh, before common era. Okay. So, so that conf- would be, I'm confusing what, the hell out of the listeners. It's about 6,000 <laughs> years. Yeah. So, you know, we're in 2021. So, 4,000 plus 2,000, 6,000. So about 6,000 years. And and the reason why I bring all that up is because I find it extremely difficult to believe that these people went from hunting, gathering, following their prey, picking berries, to a very short time having all of this knowledge without some sort of assistance without some sort of um, guide to say you know hey listen these are what schools are hey you know this is where a library is you know etc 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 there there's no way it just propagated out of nothingness 
Well, you and I were talking in the last episode, in the creation episode, about these different genes that happened um, that happened overnight almost. And one of them was the ability to communicate. And now we've got an ancient civilization where they're not just communicating, they're building, they're making contracts, they're coming up with medicines. They're, I mean, it's, a, it's like a modern day civilization is what we're talking about. And they have right. information of the stars as well. And what were those chromosomes, Mari? Do you remember? Oh, uh, shit. What was it? Uh, chromosome, I want to say two. Chromosome two. And seven. And seven. Put that in your pipe. Smoke it. Two plus seven. Well, I don't smoke, but I mean, wait, wait a minute. What kind of smoke? Never mind. <laughs> two seven. Two, two seven. seven. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking back and... Now we've got the civilization where we're finding all of these ancient tablets from Mesopotamia times. And they mention in these ancient Mesopotamian tablets, first known writing to man thus far of gods, gods, where they got all of their information, where they've got the, they even mention, I don't know if you knew this, but they mention in these tablets where they've got the gift of speech from the gods. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, and these gods were known as the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki. Northern Iraq, along the east bank of the Tigris River, opposite the city of Mosul, lie the ruins of the ancient city of Nineveh, a place originally inhabited by the Sumerians of Mesopotamia. Here, in 1842, British archaeologist Austin Henry Layard unearthed the ruins of the Great Library of Azerbaijan, a royal archive containing thousands of clay tablets with cuneiform inscriptions. Dating to 3000 BC, the messages carved into stone are considered to be the world's first written accounts. Sumerian tablets are probably one of the oldest uh, form of a written record that we have. They've been translated, and they tell exciting stories about how gods intermingled with human beings and actually had a hand in the creation of human beings. Whether or not it's just mythology or if it's fact, no one really knows. According to interpretations of the Sumerian tablets, the gods were called the Anunnaki. What we're looking at here is a Sumerian tablet that actually shows the tree of life, flanked by divine beings. You can see here the Anunnaki on each side. We also see the winged disc, a symbolic reference that the Anunnaki had the power of flight. They actually had necklaces with astronomical references, a moon, a star, various symbols, which even could be symbolized as a wristwatch, technology being used 6,000 years ago. The written accounts etched into stone suggest the Anunnaki were giant beings, standing eight feet tall, who came to Earth in search of gold for their home planet. When the Sumerian gods, the Anunnaki, realized the toll it was taking to mine the gold themselves, they decided to fashion a worker being, a slave to mine the gold for them. 
and they explain in the Sumerian creation tales that this was an arduous process. So it's very possible that our genetic evolution was a process done by the Anunnaki to create us in their image and after their likeness. They created man according to the Sumerian text. They created Adam and Eve. How interesting that the Bible will echo the story, but talk about it in terms of God. Ancient chronicles of sky beings creating human life are common in early cultures found all over the world. But while mainstream scholars often dismiss this evidence, might such tangible historical accounts provide proof of alien intervention in man's evolution? The Sumerians are not the only culture that talks about this. Also in the Quran, it says that language was given to us by Allah or God. The Maya Popol Vuh says that language was given to us by the gods. The ancient Egyptian texts are saying the exact same thing. We should finally come to grips with the idea that extraterrestrials had something to do with our development. Entertain this, if you will, to the listeners. And I, I've made this... I've made this claim to many different people, especially people in my family. And they look at me like I'm nuts. And, you know, apparently I'm a horrible person for it. But if you can't entertain this, if God is not of this world, he's he, she, whatever God is the all powerful God is the creator. Right. Right. Then they're not of this world. So it doesn't no. matter how you look at it. They're not of this world. So if they come from another world, if, if, God or gods, plural, come from another world to create. We would know them as extraterrestrials. Would we not? Right. Yeah, I would think so. Well, even if they're interdimensional, I mean, if let's say they're interdimensional, they're still not of this terrestrial. Right. They're not of this, this plane of existence. Right. This. Yeah, exactly. So. It's not that crazy to think about these things. It's not that crazy to look at these ancient tablets where they, they start making claims of the gods who give them the ability to speak, the ability, the, the gods teach them how to, like you were saying, put seconds in a minute, put minutes into an hour. Um, they, they give them the tools, right? Right. Yeah. And, and the, I don't know how to, read these tablets but there are a lot of people that have dive dived into this and there's multiple sources of this so it's pretty hard to um it's really hard to to say any of this isn't at least written down right so well no it's in the tablets it's there it's in the tablets right so the question becomes you know are they real or, or are these um like myths Right. Well, I believe they tested they they tested the the clay tablets to check to see how old the clay tablets were. That's how they got the dates. So I mean again, we're and we're believing the scientists, we're believing what we're told. And well, why wouldn't you? That's the only thing you have to go off of. But they did uh they did do a time, you know, timing tests on these different clay tablets, clay tablets that were discovered, and here we are. Right. 
And the reason why I bring that question up is because they have some tablets that show uh, a genealogy, epitaphs, uh, power and duties mm. of the gods. So, right. um, you know, you can't just claim these to be myths, you know, sort of along, you know, along the lines of, you know, the Roman gods or the Greek gods. Uh, they write in these texts as if, um, as if they're real entities, as if they're real people. They, they don't refer to them as ethereal sort of spiritual, you know, entities that are just something that you're praying to. Like they, everything is, is in the manner of which they're talking about a real person or real experience down to the fact that they have records like the Sumerians Kings list. Well, there's the, to what you're saying, they're physical beings and they write to, and we're going to find a lot of similarities between the Anunnaki and ancient Greek mythology and Christianity and uh, Islam and, and Hinduism. There, there's so many similarities here. But oh yeah, absolutely. Um, this and- this is going back to even to an earlier text than what any one of those have. Oh well, yeah. I mean, this it's the earliest text, right? It's the earliest so, text. It's the earliest text that, that we know of. Obviously, we come across more information. I mean, we came across Gobekli Tepe. Um, the question is, and unless it's written in in rock form, not a lot, or clay form, there's not a lot. A paper that's going to last that long so uh do you want to get into a little bit the origins of of the anunnaki um yeah we can get into the origins of the anunnaki i would say you know before we can just we... do a basic quick outline and then uh because we can go into it much deeper at a later time yeah because it's going to get so detailed and to be honest with you i'd like to do that whenever whenever you're here and um, not, not that, you know, go, you know, doing it over, uh, what is this zoom? Not that it's, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't sound as good as when you're here. So I, th- I think it would be the clarity of the information we're going to give the listeners is going to be, um, very much so needed when we get into these things. Cause there's a lot of detail when it comes to explaining the origins of the Anunnaki, how it compares to, um, our galaxy, how it compares to life, how it compares to all these different religions. Uh, I think uh, it may, if nothing else, I hope people at least look into it just to, you know, make up their own minds and see what they think. Um, I'm not trying, we are not trying to pull anybody away from the religion. Let's make that clear with uh, doing these episodes now that's not our aim um our aim is just to get to people get people to talk about these things about the stuff that we feel is information that should be available to anybody and it is but understand that there's more to ancient mesopotamia and it seems like that this information is purposely being hidden from the public. And I, and I don't quite understand why until recently um, in the past, 
what has it been, Jeff, for the past five years, whenever you, the different programs and different YouTube channels have people, you know, who've toured in Iraq and, and things like that. They talk about ancient Mesopotamia times and these tablets were uncovered. Why is it taking this long for somebody to talk about these things? Why are we, you know, why wasn't this public when I went to school, when you went to school? Well, one of the first things is it, it, I mean, this is scientific it contradicts, right. It contradicts, you know, religious dogma though, that that's the reason why uh, people were very tepid to go ahead and even broach the subject, um, which is basically another form of oppression, which is uh, something that I think we're dealing with today. Well, I would say this, I would say, you know, even if it does contradict religious dogma, if if anything, it also gives it also gives validation of these different religions or religions as well. Does it not? I would definitely say so. It all depends on how you're willing to read the text, though. Um, some True. of the text does go off on a tangential line, you know, kind of kind of skewers off, you know, into the abyss, um, and is. I, I would agree with you with the information that I have, how I interpret it. It, it actually validates the existence of a, a, a source or, or a, a, you know, pure God, but it's kind of how we talked about before in the past, you know, we, we usually come to a subject from different directions and we end up being in the same place, but we come from different directions and not everybody likes, you know, having different directions to the same conclusion, you know, people are, are beholden upon, you know, their beliefs and their viewpoints. And if you don't believe exactly the way they believe, then it doesn't validate their opinion. And people were too tied to uh, their opinions. Um, they don't want to feel like they're living their life out in, in a manner that's not going to coincide with, uh, you know, an afterlife. Right. And when we talk about afterlife, though, like you were saying, it's it may not coincide with their idea or the dogma of what their religion had taught them of an afterlife. It may be something um, completely different, but nonetheless, it's not dismissive of an afterlife, I think. But moving forward into these episodes... I just want to warn the listeners because there's, there's going to be some things that are going to challenge, definitely challenge the way that you look, maybe not even at your own religion, but other religions and the world around you as well, because there is information here that if, if said to be true, and we're, again, we're talking about the earliest texts. These are tablets that exist. You can hold them. They exist. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's, and, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I just, um, yeah, it's, it, it's one thing whenever you're talking about things that, that aren't provable, right? So often people are like, well, show me the evidence, show me the evidence. Anytime you bring up, uh, uh an alternate type of 
conversation or alternate information, you know, that's everybody's first go-to, is it not? Any, any uh, critics first go-to or skeptics first go-to show me the evidence. Well, prove it. I mean, here you go. <laughs> 22,000 clay tablets. And that was just in one location. Who knows how many other clay tablets they have, you know, they have found over the years. Right. And I think, I think that's one of the hardest things about this is when you start talking about physical clay tablets of an ancient civilization, how you could take something like that and say, well, this is going to challenge your faith in the dogma of your religion. And I say the faith in the dogma of your religion, because it doesn't dismiss again. I'll go back and say, it does not dismiss. It challenges the interpretation, if anything. And the reason why I'm laying this on so thick in this part of it is because I want people to understand that we're not, you know, that's not our move. We're not trying to, you know, pull you away or, or make you think a certain way. We're just presenting information that we feel is necessary. Man, we're not trying to invalidate anybody's you know, no, we're not trying to invalidate and saying, hey, you know, this is the new dogma. This is the new answer. You know, you have to look at this and, you know, anything written, you know, after this, you can't, you know. Um, who you knows? Know, we can find knows? tablets. We can find more tablets that are from an earlier time, you know, in another 20 or 30 years. You know, let's say we find earlier tablets of, a, of an older civilization. Who knows? But right now, this is what we have. Information is just mind-blowing, and we're going to get into that in the next, what, probably at least two episodes. I'm going to say at least two. Uh, I mean, here. We, can, we can fill up several episodes. Um, we could get that detail, but we don't want to do all the work for you. We want you to figure it out for yourself and uh, check it out on your own. And we're not... Uh, we, we want to make sure that we're in the same room doing this so that we can be very clear. So this episode is kind of like an introduction to right. what's coming. Um, you guys, if you're, if you're listening and you do listen to the podcast, we thank you so much. And we appreciate all your support uh, for a podcast that has been demonized from the social media and not being able to promote anything. We still have listeners sticking around. Our numbers are still growing. It's, it's amazing. Really. It is amazing. I think people are starting to wake up and, and understand that uh, it almost seems. And again, I'll say this again. We talk about this almost all the time. It almost seems like we're living in a modern day Nazi Germany where your freedom of speech is just, it's almost not a lot anymore. It's scary, but right. we're going to continue to do it. We're going to get shit for it. And I actually, I had to, I don't know if I told you this, Jeff Rowe. Um, I come back from vacation and my Spotify account was canceled and I don't know what I did wrong. <laughs> like, here we go. I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know if it has something to do with the podcast or if I, I can't imagine I did anything else other than that. I listen to my music. Um, but the podcast is on Spotify as well as um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We're, this podcast is everywhere. But when I went to listen to my music on Spotify, it said you violated the 
Spotify standard. I'm always violating someone's standards at this point. I don't know, but I had to get it yeah. reactivated. I'm like, what did I do? And they're like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm like, no, but what did I do? Uh, I can't tell you that. Wait, you're going to cancel my account, but you're not going to tell me what I did. Huh. Yeah. Well, how, how can I not do it again? If I don't know what it is, you know what I mean? I'm not saying I right. wouldn't because if, if it does have something to do with this podcast, we would continue to make the podcast. I'd find another way to get it out. It's going to take a lot more than that to, to shut me up. I mean, I mean, they're, they're doing a pretty damn good job of, of keeping us pretty insignificant but we're not looking to be significant we're looking to reach whoever we can even if it's a few people we've said this time and time again even if it's a few people we'll take it yeah absolutely um i did want to touch base on a few things before we left just to wet the whistle for everybody uh, i wanted to just drop a couple places where the anunnaki have been found traces of not just in mesopotamia though Okay, um, and they seem to be popping up at all the ancient sites. Um, for example, in the Andes, up by Lake Tiwanaku, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of the uh, descriptions of the Anunnaki was also called the Shining Ones. Okay, and there seems to be this character that keeps popping up everywhere, and with these seven coinciding deities or these seven uh, uh, helpers, which is interesting because the number seven correlates to the Pleiades system, right? And the seven sisters and the Dogon tribe and all of that. Um, and also this seventh chromosome, right? And you got the seven chakras and you also got, you know, so uh, in the Andes, the, the God that they worship is Veracuchau, right? Uh, and Lake Tiwanaku, right? What's interesting is the word Tiwanaku is broken down to Tiwan Naku. And Tiwan means my people, and Aku, which is a derivative of Anunnaki, means the shining. So the city Tiwanaku, which is up by Lake Titicaca, is my shining people, is the name of the town in, in the in the in their language, you know, strictly translated. Also in India. You have the Naga people or the Nagi, okay? Yes. Um, the term of the Nagis, which is, I believe they're half half fish, half human, right? Mm-hmm. The full term is actually Anu Nagi. So you have the Yucatan people, which are the Mayans, right? Right. They, they, uh, they talk about uh, Quetzalcoatl uh, and, and the seven... Uh, star system they set up their their uh, second home after the great flood off of lake Pitan itza right and what's interesting is in lake pizza itza i hope i'm saying that right so like there pizza. has <laughs> right there has been found 20 remnants of 21 different pyramids 21 huh 21 yeah uh even the egyptians they have historical history um of the turin papyrus of the Egyptian dynasties going back 36,000 years. And there's some, we'll get into it a little bit more, but there's some correlations to the uh, Anunnaki named Anki and Horus and, and Osiris. Uh, and there's some more connections there that we'll get into. Um, 
but well, there, there are glyphic depictions of similarity depictions of when you see these images on these different tablets in ancient Mesopotamia of the Anunnaki, you see some of these same figures in Egyptian times as well. Right. And they even have the seven star system up in the corner and one of the, I want to call it a relief. It might not be a relief, but it's some sort of uh, photo that you see Sitchin famously holding up, uh, which might correlate to not only the Pleiades, but you know, the seven deities, you know, I, there was one last thing I wanted to bring to everybody's attention that might wet their whistle going forward. Uh, another interesting thing is um, along with Orion's belt, a lot of things correlate to Orion's belt going into ancient history, especially the pyramids, you know, the three pyramids that's slightly off. Correct. Right. And, and there's, there's um, a lot of evidence saying that the Anunnaki are, are, from Orion's belt. One of the interesting things that, that I found and I recently learned was there's also within the constellation of Orion, there's a nebula within there. And I couldn't believe it whenever I heard what they call this nebula, because, you know, star systems and stuff, they get, you know, names, but they also get coordinate names, right? right. When they're found and whatnot. The name for this nebula and Orion is M42. M42. Just, yeah, just, I don't know. Uh, it might mean something, might not. It's just interesting. It's an interesting number, 42. Yeah, it's an interesting Another number. One of those sacred numbers. You know, and it was also said that, uh, that the, it's speculated that the, the Anunnaki had derived from a planet called Nibiru, correct? Yes, there's a, there are speculations. Several people have said that, such as uh, Sitchin, he, and the way he uh, right. interpreted it. And I think I know where you're going with this, but go ahead. And uh, that would make, uh, yeah, so you do know where I'm going with this. So it, I it, think that would be what, the ninth planet? It's possibly the ninth planet. Not only that, it's got a 3,600-year orbit, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is interesting because I, I know we kind of poo-pooed it a little bit, but the time traveler, if everybody remembers, whenever we did the time travel episode, he claimed that there was a cycle of 36,000 years. Right. He even mentioned the Anunnaki, if I do believe. He, yes, he at the very end, he did. And on top of 36,000 years, three plus six again is nine. And Sitchin himself interpreted, when he interpreted the original text, said that the Anunnaki actually arrived here 450,000 years ago. So again, 45. And that, that goes into the great ages and eight great cyclical times that, you know, at one point we will get into with sacred numerology. But again, it seems like these numbers keep popping up almost as if it was a program or a hologram, or there seems to be some underlying format and in, in, into our reality. And I think a code of some kind, and I think it all plays into this. Um, it's something that I, I, I say quite often, but I'm serious. Whenever I say it, if you guys stick with us long enough, you will start seeing these numbers just, pop up everywhere and, and it'll come at you and you won't even be able to stop it. it 
you'll pick things out out of nowhere, just like that video that you uh, placed in the last episode. Right. So once you're you're you've opened your mind and you're yeah, once you're open to these things, like you said, they just there you find them everywhere. You find these different things, the sacred, uh, the sacred numer, the sacred numbers, the sacred uh, shapes, everything with within. We start to see all of these different things, and we notice them now. Once you're open to it, you notice it without even trying. It's just there. It's just there. And it's a, it's a fascinating journey. Uh, and then I, I hope the listeners are enjoying it as much as I am because in researching some of these uh, podcasts, I, I come across more information, new information. And sometimes I feel like I just want to splurge everything out all at once. And I know we're trying to do this in a formatted version uh formatted way so it's it's coherent a lot of times i don't speak so coherent wherever i get excited so yeah uh you guys are in for a treat uh you know over the next couple series of this definitely so with this episode we didn't mean to shit in your cereal sorry but we did uh this is a build-up to the next well i'm gonna say two episodes for now could even go into three we're gonna try to keep it there um, because I know some people, they like to hear about different things in different episodes we do. It's just such a big topic and there's so much information. We can't cover it possibly in just one episode. Um, some people like these kind of episodes. Some people say, Hey, yeah, give me two part two. Let's, let's keep going. You know, I, I get, I get mixed reviews. So, I mean, it is what it is. We couldn't possibly cover all of this in one episode, but it is definitely something that we feel we need to cover. So Starting next week after this one is released, if you're still with us, strap in. It's going to get interesting. What do you think, Jeffro? Until then? <laughs> Until then, my friend. <laughs>